0: Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And I'm kind of sitting over here chuckling to myself because of the notes I've written. And one of them is, this is ridiculous. So I was looking at a... <laughs> I was looking... <laughs> oh, guys. I have a problem. You, are, you have a huge problem. I do. I was looking at a Suzuki Swift GTI this morning, uh-huh. which I I own one for a little bit. They're okay. fun. They're little 1.3 liter 16-valve liter, uh, engines. They weigh nothing. They have independent rear suspension. Okay. Manual transmission that looks like a giant dong. <laughs> looks like you could. What? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is like way past. Gear the, lever or what? This, yeah. This is way past okay. accurate integer levels of dong. This Suzuki Swift. Not thing, familiar. Well, you haven't driven a. You haven't driven like a Type R, or a GSR. Or, no, I have not. Oh, no, wow. Well, that yeah, they look like a big dick. That's for sure. <laughs> and so do, so do the ones in the Suzuki Swift GTI. Even oh. even more so. Even more so, and embarrassingly so, if you look at it in a certain way. And uh, but they're a fun car to drive. You know, they're there's re- something
1: to be said about the eye of the beholder. There. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, well, when some things are well, you're, everything's bigger than you. What are you talking about? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> they're fun to drive. It was- it's <clears throat> a high revving. <throat> Anyways, okay, it's a high revving car. They're fun to drive and zip around. And the one I had, the so was so rusty that the suspension was like falling off of it. It was no good. But I saw one for two grand, and I go, "Ooh, I could sell the M5." <laughs>
1: What? (laughs) I know! Okay, here is the measure of how long you need to keep a car. Have you even received, like, the new title for it? No, I have not. No. You at least, you cannot sell a car before you have received the title. You don't even have a plate on your Macan. Do you want to talk about
0: this? Talk about what? Your plate on your Macan? Yeah. What's wrong with it? Why don't you have a plate? How long have you had this thing?
1: Two years. (laughs)
0: Jesus. I had a plate on it. Okay. But then, and, when oh, I, you needed to get a custom plate, it, didn't it, you? Know? What did it say? Like Jake's
1: McCon, like J K M C N. No, it's a McCon twin turbo, so it's McCon TT. You are such a loser. Obviously. Obviously, you are
0: such a loser.
1: Are you doing Obviously. this just for dramatic effect at well, this point? no, at this point, I can't not. Yes, you can. You can change,
0: Jake. You can change. You can be a better yeah. person. You'll never be taller, suggest, but you oh, that should always do a regular It's just, yeah. <laughs> that would
1: be, that okay. would be better. That would be better. That would be next acceptable. Next car will be, yeah. That would be
0: acceptable. And you got to take that one with you. you got to keep that one. I like that Or you that could idea. do different versions of the E and the A and the
1: H. <laughs> so it's like Y3AH. Yeah, you
0: could do different Yeah. Versions. So why, what's, why okay, do you, what's so, going on?
1: Got, had to order a custom plate. Had to. Um, and went into the DMV on December 21st of 2020
0: to, Why, to apply to, for to get it a... To your Macon TT plate. Yes. Okay.
1: Fast forward Why didn't you just get the Macon TT plate when
0: you were at the dealer?
1: Because they that was a whole other nightmare. The Mercedes dealership was that bad. That sucked. That he was suck. so bad. Yeah. And he's like, well, we already have it. It's like, no. He just It was bad. Okay. Regardless. So when we went to register the 911 Turbo, I was like, oh, well, I'll just do the plate transfer then. Yeah, as that well. one is what, 996 TT? Uh, turbo. T trbo something like that TRBO? because i ran out of letters oh yeah. okay yeah yep, exactly
0: um if there was only more space for you to be a douchebag oh but there's just i could this fill sense. it i could fill it too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yellow 996 turbo speed yellow 996 yeah, turbo. it could be like a scrolling led <laughs> yes <laughs> jake's overpowered shift poorly 996 twin turbo with the with the heim joints that are way too aggressive wait what do you say about shift poorly it shifted terribly when I drove that car, and I haven't yeah, driven well, it since. Now I, I know have you fixed new it, linkage and everything but okay. when I think of that car,
1: that's I just think about think of, how horrible <laughs> it was to shift. <laughs> yes, it was horrible. It was bad. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, so I ordered a new plate on December 21st of 2020. It okay. is now the next year. Okay. Yes. So come February. Well, all
0: the prisoners probably aren't able to stamp them out fast because of COVID. Socially distanced, they can't stamp the plates sure that's how that works huh?
1: they don't stamp them anymore even. i know
0: doesn't that suck yeah it they, does everything is it's not embossed anymore it's nope. just printed i know what if there is there a company that you can go online and get your minnesota plate but it's an embossed version i doubt it Ooh, there's a business opportunity there Why no one's embossed gonna, license gonna do that. incorporated
1: the only people that are gonna care sister are... company to flat surfaces inc yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only people that are gonna care are the people that you can actually reuse an old vintage plate
0: no, no, it's not that. It's, let's say you get a I whatever plate I've got on my M5 now is just blah, 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 flat. If I could just go on embossedlicenseplates.com and order one for $30, bucks, you would kind of think about it. Even the collector plates aren't embossed anymore. Right. I would do that for my collector plate car. Why wouldn't you?
1: So, you're not gonna, you're against vanity plates, but not embossed plates. I don't like the look of the printed plate. <laughs> I agree. I don't it. like it. I agree. It's not rounded anymore, the lettering it's and everything else. It's all flat. Yes. sucks. Anyways, so come February, my temporary permit that they give you when you order a new license plate mm-hmm. expired. I go, that's odd. I had already gotten the plate for the Turbo, which I submitted at the exact same time. Yes. So I know something's wrong here. Right. So I send email. Somebody after went, email wow, this guy's got email. two twin turbo vehicles. <laughs> 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 and they threw the one plate in the garbage exactly. right there. That's what happened. No. So I keep calling and leaving a message. I'm like, I don't ever oh, want to so go. you called the DMV. That's yes. okay. Yes. Right. And emailed and, yeah, and it, did everything and that possible. Went,
0: that voicemail went in the garbage right next to your plate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. No, 100%. I yeah. did everything in my power not to go back to the DMV. And also, no one cares. Like, I haven't been stopped for it. No one cares. It looks great without a plate. Right. So I'm just like, eh, I don't really care that much. <laughs> Until finally, someone returned one of my emails. And I got a call and they said, oh, so your tabs expired in the time it took us to make the plate. Okay. So we need you to come in and renew your tabs in order to issue you your new plate. I said, okay. you need me to pay for tabs for the old plate so that you'll issue me a new plate? Yeah. I was like, that doesn't make any sense, nor is it my fault, because when I went in for the plate, the tabs were still good. It's only because they took too long. Well, they're not going to send you
0: plates that have expired tabs on them.
1: No, but don't you get new tabs with the plate? Yes,
0: but the yeah. tabs expired. You didn't, what you should have done is when you went to register for the new plate, you should have
1: paid for your new tabs. I think I did, is actually what I think happened. Mm. But I don't have record of it. I think that is what happened. Oh. Regardless, I'm like, fine. I have to, I never transferred the title on the Harley yet, so I went in yesterday to the DMV. I go in once, and they go, well, you don't have an appointment, so you're going to have to wait. Yeah, But they have a new texting Deal, which oh, is great. Great. So they text you and they tell you what number you are in line. Yep. And it said five. I was like, oh, that's not bad. There's it's five people like ahead in, of me.
0: It's not like in Beetlejuice where they're like, you're number nine thousand. Yeah, no. And he and he like tries to kill it, it the guy. And they have... sprinkle the little stuff on his head and his head shrinks down really small. I have no idea which you've never about...
1: seen Beetlejuice. I'm sure I have at some oh, point. No, I don't know. Jake. I don't know. Anyways, I was like, oh, fifth. That's not bad. And so. They're like, "Yeah, you can go wait in your car." And I'm waiting there. It's been maybe 15 minutes is it we too to me just scroll on the
0: phone. Is it everybody that's listening
1: is probably thinking,
0: "Chris, you could make a Jake small joke off of this Beetlejuice thing." Here's what happens, okay? So <laughs> Beetlejuice walks into the DMV or the or the customer service place and he gets <laughs> number like 9995, okay. but the guy sitting next to him gets like number 3. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, "Up Next, number three. And he, he goes, oh, and the guy turns and looks, and he switches the tickets with him. Okay. And the guy is holding the ticket. He looks down, looks over at the guy, looks down, he sees that he's no longer number three. And he, so he reaches into his pocket and, like, sprinkles this dust on him, and his head shrinks really, really small. And I was just going to say that must have been what happened to you at the DMV before you got here today.
1: It wasn't even funny. I know because it's too late. It's too late. (laughs) I should have done it right away and then it got long. Uh, uh, Long story, not quite as long. Uh, Fifth means you're fifth in the people that are on the wait list, not in the actual appointments. So I was sitting there for 20 minutes. My number hadn't moved. I go in. They're like, yeah, it'll be at least an hour Mm -hmm. to get through the five people. So you can go and come back. So I left, I came back, and I have my title transferred. The lady's like, yeah, this is weird. I've never heard of this thing where they won't deliver your plate. They're holding it ransom. It will come with updated tabs on it. But just to get the process going, I'm going to give you new tabs now. pay for your tabs. So now I'm going to have double tabs, basically. Okay. Dumb. Um, But then I go to transfer the motorcycle title, and she's like, oh, you forgot to fill in your engine number hate that on motorcycles. I got that too. Engine number.
0: I'm still trying to get the title for my Vespa. And I go in there and they're like, oh, it's a motorcycle. I'm like, well, no, it's a scooter. Like, no, it's a motorcycle. I'm like, okay, it's a motorcycle. We need your engine number. I go, Yep. In my head, I go, well, the engine number doesn't match the chassis, which doesn't right. matter. No. It doesn't matter no, at all. So I have to do that. Plus, I have to go in with four pictures of it. I which told I, you that! Afterward. No, I told you that on air like a month ago. Oh, whatever, I forgot. So I have to go and actually print out photos, Correct. which is ridiculous. I told you that. This is stupid. I it's have so been stupid. through this, and, and I told thing you. It says, why don't you have a title? What am I supposed to write there? <laughs> what am I supposed to... It hasn't been titled since 1982. It was yeah, just a ratty just old scooter. It's
1: been lost. Ugh, That's the truth. grief. What uh, a nightmare. So I come back with my engine number after waiting again. And she's like, all right, good to go. And then I get home. And I was like, wait, she didn't give me a license plate. So then I go back again. This is three times in the same day at the DMV. All of these sound like your fault so far.
0: How? Because you should have just paid for your tabs in the first I place. I did. Uh huh. Sure Pretty you did. Pretty sure I did. Uh huh. Sure you did. Should have had and the then, engine number. That's my And then you should fault. have had the engine number. Yes.
1: And you should have taken your plate home. Yeah. Well, I she didn't. I didn't realize she didn't give me a plate. She gave me like this nice folded packet. And then I get home to put the plate on, and I realized that it did have a plate on the motorcycle when I bought it, but it was like so trashed yep. and gone that I threw it away. And so I had to go back and be like, actually, I need a license plate. And she's uh, like, well, pay ten dollars. I did. <laughs> I, it was just, it was not ever the, the, fun. The hardships of Jake. It was terrible, the hardships Chris. Of Jake. It was terrible. It would have been
0: fine if you just would have stuck with the license plate that came with <laughs> the Macon. That <laughs> is right. the moral of the <laughs> You're story. Right. So this news episode has been brought to you by our Patreon. That's right. Uh, we have a few new Patreons that have joined the Overcrest Drivers Club, as we are going to refer to it here like it. out. We're going to start doing some new shirts. Overcast Driver Club shirts. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we have some team principals at the $25 level. Ooh. John Huntenmeyer and Dan Gilbert. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, thank you, guys. You guys should have your prints by now. Um, I know that Dan has his. He's got his shirt. Everything like that. Co-drivers get a shirt. Alex May and Daniel Martin. At thank you, guys. The $10 level. And our backseat drivers. We have Nick Larson, the Michael Sachs, and Nick Yatsko. Uh, awesome. They're are after the exclusive content that we have and supporting the show. We cannot thank you guys enough for supporting the show. You guys mean everything to us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also want to make sure you guys all subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Right. All right. So we uh start with a little bit of sad news here. Okay. Bill Whittington has passed away. He's one of the, this. one of the Whittington brothers. His brother is Don Whittington. He died of at 71 in a plane crash. Oh, wow. Um, he won the 24 hours of Le Mans and made, The uh, five Indianapolis 500 starts during a racing career often, often overshadowed by controversy. That's true. And we did an episode on this way back. I mean, we're talking 200 episodes ago, and I just wanted to play a clip for you guys.
1: Back to the Whittington brothers, that night after they finished the race and won, they're, like, on top of the world, right? They're thinking highly of themselves more than anything else. So they tell Kramer, the car was great. It was awesome. We won. We want to buy a couple more. And Kramer's like, great, give me a call next week, next month when we're back in the country. We'll get the orders in. The brother says, no, go back to our trailer, take the rest of the money in the duffel bag, and we'll have two more of those K-3s. So how, that means they
0: had $600,000 in the duffel bag? They didn't even try to negotiate? No. <laughs> oh, my God. And this is in
1: 1979. Wow. That's That's incredible. a lot of cash. So fast forward. And the Whitting brothers actually do really well in racing these K3s. It seems like these guys were operating on a whole other realm of racing compared to everyone else. Like, they were that quick. And you have to imagine that Is growing up... it because up, they just didn't care? I will get into why they okay. were so fast. All right. So you have to imagine that growing up, Don and Bill were used to getting what they wanted. You hear about their history. And they didn't really seem that the rules really applied to them necessarily. Okay. So one thing everyone was noticing is that it seemed like their fuel stops didn't take as long as everyone else on the track in the IMCA series. So it was found out later that they were skirting the rules and modifying these K3s to their advantage. Now, the fuel uh-huh. tanks in these cars are regulated. They literally have a regulator in the filler neck to only allow a certain flow or speed of fuel that's equal for all teams. Okay, And it turns out... Like a gallons per hour or right, whatever. Right, exactly. It's basically like a limiting factor on how the diameter of it is. And it turns out they gave one of the tech inspectors 25 grand in cash on the spot to approve a non-regulated fuel tank. And you have to imagine this is probably this guy's annual salary, this inspector. So he's like, "Uh, okay, so he puts a stamp on it and ended up being able to fill these tanks twice as fast as any other other team. So these guys were just used to working completely outside the rules.
0: So that is an episode that we did on the history of the Whittington brothers. And the uh, and the K three it's such an awesome, awesome story. It is an awesome story. We're going to re-release it on Sunday because there's a lot of people that have never heard it. Sure. And Spotify, anybody that's on Spotify has never heard it because it's in the wrong file format. So we're going to re-release to memorialize um, the the epic story, the uh, controversial story of the Whittington brothers. And it's strange. I feel like the like the sandbagging, cheating, manipulating, which is something that happened back then. It seems like everybody was trying to find an angle, or a yeah. lot of people were trying to find an angle. Although, when I talked to Dick Barber, he was always very proud that they were never trying to find an angle. I can they see were, that. They were on the straight and narrow all the time. Now, everyone in motorsports, just like I was watching Formula One and stuff, like if your brake ducts are, maybe look like someone else's brake ducts, it's the end of the world. <laughs> Where these guys are running different fuel tanks, nitrous in the in the, in in the, the door case. Sill. Yeah, it's just like all this, I don't know, it just seems like it was... More it prevalent back then. It was
1: the, the, the Wild day. West back then. It was and which I, it makes makes it interesting. interesting. It's, it's romantic. Does. It's yes. romantic. It's an epic story. And it does remind me I have an episode coming up that I'm prepping for. The greatest motorsport cheats of all time. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing about that. Speaking of motorsports, Audi will reportedly return to Le Mans in 2023 with an LMDH or Le Mans Daytona Hybrid effort. Okay. So LMDH is a new class for sports production. Prototype that will serve as the top class. For Why do Volt. they call it the Daytona
0: Hybrid? Why don't they just call it the LMH Le Mans Hybrid effort? Why does the Daytona have to be filled in there?
1: Um, because I think it's similar to the old Daytona prototypes. Okay, all right. It all right. looks like it, anyways. Um, yeah. So it. It will serve in both the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and World Endurance Championship, the later of which is, of course, the host of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. The first season for these LMDH cars will be 2023, and teams fielding cars in this class will be able to compete in both series uh, in WC and LMDH. They'll sit alongside the new hypercar class we talked about, which is going to get underway? And uh, Audi is not doing year. that. They are not doing the hypercar class. Okay. No. So anyone or everyone doing these LMDHs is, is Toyota, Scuderi, Ferrari, Cameron Glickenhaus, Peugeot, Ferrari, and bike holes. They're all signed up for LMH, while Porsche, ah, that's Acura, what <laughs> and Audi are oh, signed up for LMDH. Okay. There's all right. There's th- this. We're in oh, a world. We're no. in the future where the acronyms our car versus Le Mans Daytona hybrid. Gotcha. That's the distinction. Gotcha. There. Okay. So what mean that means, though, is that Porsche and Audi are once again set to compete head-to-head at Le Mans. That's great. It is. However, remember that Porsche and Audi are now the same company? So, Audi's LMDH car is said to be a successor to its last prototype, the R18, and it's supposed to be developed alongside Porsche's car, but, quote, will be distinctly Audi, particularly in its exterior design, which is still being developed. So, <laughs> it'll have four rings on of
0: it instead of a Porsche crest. Yeah, that's it's kind of lame. You think there'd be a little bit more company pride than that? Even when, so you go to a company picnic and play kickball. I still throw the ball as hard as I can at people.
1: I went to like okay, co-ed kickball. That, I had that's co- a hypothetical because I know for a fact I've never you don't go to co- any corporate no, lunches. But
0: I, no, but I did do co-ed kickball. Okay. And everybody hated me because I would pitch hard. I would run hard. Yeah. And I would throw the ball as hard as I could at everyone, including their head. I wanted to kill them. Because I'm just so competitive, you have I wanted some to. Some
1: underlying issues, I think we need to I work out. I want to win. Oh, th- my teammates, they're just like you. Just said you wanted to kill them by winning. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would throw the ball as hard
0: as I could. Just I wanted to, I wanted to get them out, and I had uh-huh. to throw the ball hard. And I'm watching my teammates just jog to first base. I'm like,
1: what are you doing?
0: And I'm thinking could, they're probably
1: just, trying to make up for this asshole over here <laughs> who's trying to
0: pelt all the other players. Well, you you gotta want it. You gotta want to win. Uh-huh. So I imagine this would kind of be like. You're gonna to want to throw the kickball at the guy. The Porsche is gonna to want to throw the kickball at Audi. They're still gonna to want to win. Audi's still gonna to want to beat Porsche. It's separate, yes. same company, same yes. umbrella, but there's two different people standing under it fighting to get, keep the rain off them. So I, I would, <laughs> I would think that there there's probably gonna be a little bit of competition. Speaking oh, for sure, will. of competition, Formula One is coming back to Miami. Ooh. We're not coming back. They're coming to Miami. Formula One is heading back to Florida with the news of the brand new Miami Grand Prix that will join the F1 Where calendar did in 2022. One race
1: in Florida before? I have no idea.
0: Okay. Although the exact date of, I think we'll say later, although the exact date of the race has yet to be confirmed, F1 president Stefano Domenicali said he expects the first race in a 10-year deal to take place in the second quarter of 2022. The circuit itself will be 5.41 kilometers, which is, I think, three... Three miles or something, yep. And will feature nineteen corners, three straights, and potential for three DRS zones with an estimated top speed of three hundred twenty kilometers an hour. And everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's so fast! It's so fast! So fast!" Uh, Monza's three sixty.
1: Okay, so
0: we don't need to get too excited about it being fast. That's one of the things they're saying. Oh, it's going to be fast. Hard Rock Stadium, a multi-purpose sports and entertainment hub, which has hosted six Super Bowls, two baseball World Series, and numerous rock concerts. Uh, before COVID, apparently, will set at the (laughs) heart of the track, which has been designed to encourage close racing while meeting the highest safety standards. The USA has held more rounds of the world championship than anywhere other than Italy, Britain, and Germany. Yet at 70 races were hosted in a total of 10 different circuits under a variety of titles, with at times as many as three events in a season or none for five years or more. So you can tell that Formula One has been trying to get a foothold. In America. Right. Since forever. You know, since the 60s. Since 1958, uh, F1 has visited Sebring. There it is. Sebring in Florida. Right, Riverside on the West Coast, which seems like it was a great track. Watkins Glen in New York State. Long Beach, California, which had to have been awesome. Out on the streets of Long Beach. That would have been sweet. Awesome. But, I mean, why not just do it in a parking lot instead? Las Vegas, Detroit, (laughs) Dallas, Phoenix, Indianapolis, and Austin. You know where I want to go for a
1: race? Monaco.
0: Well, yeah. Obviously, everybody wants to go to Monaco, but I'm sure... Can we make
1: that that happen, Chris?
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. Everybody come to the rally so Jake and I can go to Monaco. Give me a break. Uh, The USA is a key growth market for us, and we are greatly encouraged by our growing reach in the United States, which will be further supported by this exciting second race. The United States record as the country that has held Grand Prix at more venues than anywhere else says something about Formula One's difficulties in getting a foothold here. Right. Um, despite the optimism, some remain cynical about whether or not the current Miami project will really deliver. Now, here's why it's lame. Okay. They've been trying to do something in Miami for a while. And it was supposed to be, like, across Miami bridges with a spectacular backdrop. and That'd the, be sweet. And the beach and, yeah. like, all this crazy stuff. And now... They are running it at a car park outside of a stadium. Yeah,
1: there's. I doubt there's any elevation. Evel- e-
0: e- elevation. Easy for me to None. say. None. Yeah. There's no wow factor here whatsoever. None. The, None. The in shape my, of
1: the track looks cool. It's, like there's a couple it's really fine.
0: like sharp kinks and a it's, long well straight. Well, they can. And, it's a giant parking lot. They can right. do whatever they want. It's like the, when you go to the go to like the stadium or something. They have a go kart track like out in the corner. Yeah. you can do whatever you want. You can just make it whatever you do, just put a bunch of cones out drive around i'm sure it will look cool once they finally get the track done and it's full but of people right. and bleachers it's not like and everything you're
1: going up and around different not going over bridges. my my thought is
0: someone got paid to do this someone got paid <laughs> if they're going to have an f1 race at the hard rock cafe stadium it is super <laughs> lame i'm and my thought is is that there's um this is a backstop because coda's contract expires next year oh really yeah and it's Seven years, eight years is a long time for an American contract with Formula One. Yeah. So we'll see. This seems like, oh, we better get something Have you done.
1: been down to Circuit of the Americas?
0: I have not. It doesn't seem that great either. It seems better than this. I've
1: been there in person.
0: Just I was there visiting the track when they How were doing. the desert? It seems like it's like a track in the desert. It, it is seems kind of in the middle of nowhere. It, seems, it just seems like flat and dry. and There's some elevation to it. Well, certainly more than a parking lot. Yes, for sure. Um, there's also a new format for qualifying. Why do we which, care about that? Well, it's going to change how they qualify for the races, Jake. Okay. It's going to change the entire structure of the entire Formula One weekend. So right now, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so right now, what do they have? They have practice, yeah, qualifying, yes. and the race. Right. So they're changing up. Formula One organizers on Monday announced plans to introduce a sprint race format for qualifying for uh, to help improve the spectacle of the sport. A uh, new format will be used the first time this season during a total of three Grand Prix, of two of which will be held in Europe. Okay, the so dates, tell me about this. Okay, so under the new format, there will be traditional time-based qualifying session held Friday, yes. after practice on Friday, to determine the starting grid for the sprint race, which is held on Saturday. The results of the sprint race then determine the starting grid for Sunday's race.
1: Oh, cool. So it's a head-to-head qualifying race.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I think it's like a race to see who's going, where you're going to place in the That's race. That's what
1: qualifying is.
0: I so know. So it has to be
1: head-to-head if it's going to well, be... Well, yes, it is a- head to,
0: It's like another... Let me continue. To reward drivers, <laughs> help improve the competition, the top three finishers in the sprint race will receive championship points. So it's almost like they're having just a two-race weekend. Right. It seems lame. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see some sort of maybe like, like, some, like a bracket challenge where it's 1v1 and that guy gets I'd knocked I'd rather out.
1: see wheel to wheel than just watch people go around the track one at a time qualifying. Like a time attack thing?
0: Yeah. I, that's what I, qualifying I, is. I agree. I agree with that. Um, Additional sets of tires will be available in the event of wet conditions. Changing of major components for the cars will be blocked from the start of the traditional qualifying session on Friday. Um, in the statement, this the dude that's in charge of everything says he's really excited. <laughs> 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 I'm delighted that all the teams have supported this plan. Blah, 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 blah. So we'll see where it goes. I don't know. It's interesting to have a change of format a little bit. Yeah. You know, qualifying is interesting. This doesn't seem... It seems like they're going to have practice, qualifying,
1: and then we're just going to shove another race in there. Well... So is there an individual running for time to place for the qualifying race? Yes. Oh, so it's just another race.
0: Yes. It seems like it. It seems like it's just another race.
1: (laughs) Chris, have you ever exceeded a vehicle's towing capacity? (laughs) Yes. I I definitely have done that. I've definitely done that. Yes. Well, sometimes it is difficult to know exactly what you've exceeded. However... That is all about to change. Uh Ford is Usually taking the guess... Usually you have to guess. you guess- be like,
0: I think my boat, you look it up online, gross vehicle weight. Right. Of boat. And my boat weighs around 5,000 pounds. A full tank. A full tank of gas. The trailer
1: probably eh,
0: probably weighs that. About How much, how is, this, how much is, the is the tongue weight?
1: How cooler? I do know. It
0: depends on how
1: far the boat is, up on the bunks. Yeah. I know. It's kind yeah, of tongue weight is h- tough too, but Ford is taking all the guesswork out of it with some new features on the F-150. They include built-in scales that measure how much weight is being carried directly by the vehicle, as in the cabin and the bed, as well as a scale to measure tongue weight to help you properly hitch up and reduce the possibility of trailer sway. Because that's the big concern is right. if you have too much weight on the rear of the trailer. Have you ever experienced it? I like, have really bad. Have I, you ever thought you're going to die for
0: sure? Not that bad. I had a I had a boat that I was taking the trailer was a bad trailer. Okay. So I was actually taking the trailer to a place to have it like cut and welded and like oh, made wow. to fit the boat. Okay. And the boat Was had, this the
1: old Chris Craft?
0: It was. And it usually would have gas in it. Okay. And it didn't have any gas in it. So there was very little tongue weight. And I got that thing swaying so hard that it was pulling me out of my lane into the other lane. And it would go back in the other <laughs> direction onto the shoulder. Not even funny. It was one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. So what did I have to do? I had to accelerate. Yeah, out you of can't brake. You because cannot break. It just, break. Gets, it just worse. gets worse. Yeah. It just, or maybe I had it too far forward in the trailer. I don't remember what it was, but I had to accelerate up to like, I was going 50 cause I was being careful. I had to get it to stop. I was going 75 or 80 miles an hour. And then once I got it to stop and pull straight, then I you break. Sl- no, no. I slowly okay. let off just the gas rolled off. and then once
1: going straight, you should be able to break.
0: I, I just would, didn't. I was so scared, dude. Yeah, I don't It was, yeah, don't blame it was absolutely me the terrifying.
1: So, somebody came up with something to help prevent this and from happening. Here's it's kind of cool how it works. So, the first of the features, the onboard scales. And this, is Ford. this is the Ford F 150. I'm sure they're going to roll it out in the 250 and 350 as well. All their other trucks. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, the onboard scale measures the weight being carried see that in the they, truck.
0: They cut their profit and production output per, uh, projections by 50%. No. Because of the semiconductor shortage. 50% Wow. their
1: stock tank. I believe it. Yeah. 50%. Yeah. We talked about the whole semiconductor issue it's a couple just of weeks ago. Everybody's super hard. Just nuts. Um, so these scales, the built-in ones that measure how much you have in the cabinet bed, um, those are displayed on the infotainment screen inside, of course. It also can be displayed on an app. And there's some trick tail lights. Trick, I didn't write that. I hate that term. Ugh, they're trick. Yeah. There are some cool taillights though that have individual bars that light up like a battery indicator on your phone. So when there's too much weight, all the bars will be lit up on the taillights and the top ones will flash. Oh, so okay. as you're loading the trailer, you can see right away. You can be like, ah, "Nope." exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second feature, the smart hitch is for towing a trailer. It calculates the tongue weight and provides this information in the same way as the scales I just talked about. And it can also provide guidance on better weight distribution, which I guess it's like too heavy. So move so the rear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scoot the car back on the trailer, basically. Uh in addition to these, the 2021 F-150 is available with active suspension dampeners. When a tow haul mode is activated, these dampeners can help control unwanted motions, such as the bounce, pitch, and roll. And the latest generation is capable of towing 14,000 pounds and carrying up to 3,325 pounds of payload. That's a lot of towing
0: capacity. That is a lot of towing capacity. I think this is great. This, coupled with trailer brake, cr- coupled with the cameras where you can back right up to the yeah. thing, has made towing so much easier. It really People is. have no idea how hard it used to be. No. You know, where you're just, like, backing up to the boat. Short
1: trailer, blind, where you can't it's see spring.
0: it. It's spring. It's probably end of May. You got your boat ready. You're going to yep. take it out for the first time. You go to the boat launch. Everybody's standing there with their hands oh. on their waist, just watching you. Just waiting with their phone for to put something on YouTube of you of <laughs> you, you screwing uh, up. I'm usually the guy sitting there with my arms folded, just like just watching on, and waiting. Come on! So, have you ever heard of the Nora Mexican 1000?
1: I have not. This sounds like some sort of Baja. It race. is
0: a Baja 1000 race, and Volkswagen is bringing the ID4 to race in the uh, Mexican <laughs> 1000 this week. VW claims it's the first production-based EV to compete in the off-road race, which started April 25th and wraps up April 29th. VW sent a stock ID4 first edition to Rise Millen Racing, which modified the suspension. They got the thing all, I don't need to read all this. They sure. race it up, they put a roll cage in it, right. and they left the white steering wheel in there, which is probably gonna be the color of piss by the time that they're done <laughs> with the rally. All Why
1: does it have a white steering all wheel? All the new ID
0: stuff has a white that steering wheel. That is
1: so dumb. White
0: steering wheel. No it's gonna power, get so dirty. No powertrain modifications were made. So the ID4, okay. can you imagine girls with makeup and a white steering wheel? What, what is their
1: face doing on the steering wheel? Well, you put your makeup on. It's on
0: your hands. It's on your hands when you're doing your makeup and stuff. You got your brushes and your little thingies. I don't know. I, <laughs> all I know is the sun visor in Jesse's car. You can see where she does her makeup, and then she really? closes the sun visor with her hand. There's like a little makeup spot right there. Huh. But just imagine the steering wheel. I just, just White is never a good choice. It's just, it's not. Not even for pants. Not even like white pants. You can't wear white pants. I, Nobody I wears don't. white pants. I don't, Chris. Or white steering wheels. No powertrain <laughs> modifications were made, so the ID4 off road racer still uses the 82 kilowatt hour battery pack Kay. and single 201 horsepower electric motor. That doesn't seem very impressive. Yeah, the motor is mounted in the back of the vehicle and drives the rear wheels, not unlike Beatles and Myers Manx dune buggies. Yeah, that's well, a. Come on, dude. Whoever wrote that. Give me a break, that's man. That's a stretch. That's, that's a serious stretch just because it's the same brand and the. Wheels are driven from the same location. Um, and Manx won the igno- inaugural Mexican 1000 in 1967. So this, this is race has been around quite a while. Yeah. So I was thinking the range on this thing, from what I can look at, okay. is 250 miles at best. <laughs> so the, and that's not flat out across the desert. Exactly. Okay. Well, the name suggests a 1,000 mile race. The yes. 2021. Uh, Nora Mexican 1000 is actually 1,141 miles long. Okay. With 893 miles of that off road. Yes. To charge the ID4. Uh huh. I'm waiting. <laughs> ready for this? I'm waiting. The race team is using a portable 50 kilowatt DC fast charging station powered by a biofuel generator. <laughs> the race will also be in loops rather than point to point due to coronavirus restrictions. I don't understand
1: why. What so coronavirus. Doesn't go in circles; it only goes in a straight line. <laughs> 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 this
0: is—it's it's
1: kind of okay. So you're telling me that this thing's gonna run probably like a hundred miles, if that, at a time, probably. and then sit and be recharged by a diesel generator.
0: Correct. Over the course of like half an hour, or twenty minutes, or whatever
1: it's gonna take. Yeah, probably. I. This is dumb. It's Chris. It's
0: it is dumb, but in their defense, they have to do something right? They have to,
1: there has <laughs> to, to be, a, you know what I was going to say? There has
0: to be an inception point for this I stuff know. to occur. You
1: know what I was going to say is they should just keep the generator on board yeah. and charge it as they go, but then it'd just be a diesel hybrid. So yeah, that, uh, which is what we should have in exactly. the first place. That's why we it makes have a, sense.
0: We should have a, uh, we should have a TDI V10 hybrid Touareg. That's what we should have. That could but instead,
1: stop the rotation of the earth with that torque.
0: Instead, we have a Single motor, 200 horsepower, ID4, a white steering wheel. That's what we have. Yay. That's, that's the choice.
1: <laughs> so, Chris, Toyota has acquired the self-driving division of American Ride Hailing coming at Lyft for $550 million. My
0: first thought on this when you say this is, why is Lyft selling off their self-driving thing? Isn't that supposed to be the future? Isn't that the money? Isn't that the...
1: Yes, everything. but Toyota wanted it, and I imagine they would rather have $550 million in their pocket. I don't think they would. They, mm, I have a feeling I, it, I don't know. They probably don't have the resources to actually make it happen. I don't think Lyft is making money. I think is probably the problem. Probably. Yeah. Uh, the acquisition announced Tuesday it was carried out by Woven Planet Holdings, which is a Toyota subsidiary that began business in January focusing on innovations and investments in projects such as smart cities, robotics, and automated driving. I
0: can't wait for smart cities. It's going to be so good.
1: Oh it's it's happening chris the project will bring together engineers and researchers in mobility services oh yes software wonderful software and sensor assets and automated driving systems to further develop the technology
0: did you hear about all the millennials that were just i'm a millennial did you hear about all the millennials <laughs> that were complaining about um what is it called the 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 food place where they bring you your food what's it called <laughs> Any thing. restaurant ever? <laughs> what, no, what are you trying no, to talk uh, about? What uh, is this DoorDash. stupidest okay, DoorDash okay. crashed and nobody could get their food. oh and Everybody was super upset. Can yeah. you imagine the entire city operating in such a way? <laughs> yeah, like it's, a it's, you're right. City. Actually, oh that does make sense.
1: Mm. Quote This deal will be key in weaving together the people, resources, and infrastructure that will help us transform the world we live in through mobility technologies that can bring about a happier, safer future for all of us. Said oh, that's Woven. Awesome. Planet Chief Executive James Kufner. If you live in a suburb, you're going to die if you're not in this smart city. <laughs> a centerpiece of the Woven Planet Company is the quote, woven city. Oh, the woven city. Wait, how, how clever. It sounds like something out of like, I don't even know. Some sounds like a dystopian novel. Film, yeah. Uh, the Woven City held a groundbreaking ceremony in Japan recently to build a community showcasing intelligent homes, autonomous vehicles, and other mobility products for Toyota's workers and others. So it's
0: like the World's Fair, but
1: dumb. Yes. Okay. "Quote: Woven Planet is driving towards its mission to combine <laughs> the innovative culture of Silicon Valley with the world-renowned Japanese craftsmanship to create the mobility solutions of the future," said George Kellerman, who oversees investments at Woven Planet.
0: Okay, great. That's that's I awesome.
1: just. I wanted to include that because I know it'd get you fired yeah, up.
0: Yeah, well, since everybody can have their smart city, I'll just continue to live out next to my with my <laughs> house with the with a storage <laughs> container next to it. <laughs> so did you know Elon Musk is a actually a 15-year-old boy?
1: <laughs> Why is that?
0: <laughs> uh, I'll get to the punchline at the end here. Okay. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk teased Amazon founder Jeff Bezos on Monday night after it reported that Bezos' blue origin planned to contest a NASA award recently given to SpaceX. Okay. That's, well, you didn't give me the contract? I am going to protest. I'm contesting this. this.
1: Honestly, this does happen a lot. Well, I'm sure it does. I'm sure yeah, it, Usually it sure it every does. time there's any contract, the other company will try to protest. SpaceX
0: offered up its reusable Starship spacecraft for the mission to deliver humans to the lunar surface for the first time in 50 years. Musk beat out Bezos' Blue Origins and a defense contractor known as Dynetics.
1: Dynetics sounds like it's going to take over the world, by the
0: way. <laughs> I actually that was, sounds
1: like robots.
0: I was gonna, I thought it was going to... Uh, what's the Cybernet. Scientology type of thing, Dynetics? I think they have like... A, isn't there like a like a thing with Scientology and Dynetics? I think there is. I thought, I
1: I thought you were going to make the joke about Skynet. No, Dynetics from, is, uh, like Terminator. A, is like a
0: Scientology thing. Someone out there is like, yes, you're right. Um, New York <laughs> Times uh, reported on Monday that Blue Origin filled a protest with the Government Accountability Office over the 2.9 million contract awarded to SpaceX earlier this month. As previously reported by Fox Business, oh, that number is absolutely dwarfed by the $10 trillion we're spending on infrastructure this year. As previously reported by Fox Business, NASA tapped SpaceX to build the craft intended to transport U.S. astronauts for the first time in decades. NASA executives said their goal was to land Americans on the moon as quickly and safely as possible. We may have a shot at 2024. Wow. Which would be awesome. Yes, it would. Existing restorts constraints were cited, as well as safety as the agency planet assess when it would be appropriate to take off. Here's the tease. So someone named Kenneth Chang said, Scoop. Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin files a protest against NASA awarding of the lunar lander contract Elon Musk SpaceX. Elon Musk retweet, can't get it up to orbit. LOL It's so dumb. It's so dumb, but so great at the same time. I love that he's a child. He's a brilliant, brilliant child.
1: It's so dumb, Chris. Oh, man. Due to Hertz rental cars filing bankruptcy and selling off the majority of their fleet, Chris, rental cars are in short supply. This is evidenced by the fact that not only has the shortage left lots barren, but cars that are available are marked up to ridiculously high prices. Case in point, last month, Hawaii News Now reports the cheapest car on Maui was a Toyota Camry for $722 per day. Can't you just get a bicycle and drive around Hawaii?
0: I mean, it's an island, right? It's a big island, Chris. Well, don't go to the big island, then. Go to the little island. You don't realize the size of these islands. It's a volcano. How big could it be? (laughs) Pretty damn big. $700 is insanity. Yeah, that is insanity. Let's just not even go. And this is
1: because of the. The liquidation, right? Because Hertz right. went bankrupt. So before Hertz COVID. went bankrupt, and in order to basically pay off themselves, their insolvency, debtors. is they just sold off most of their fleet. Yeah. So and and that affected the rest of the fleet because well, it, basically, a lot of these other people were saying, okay, we are also going to pull our assets back and, and then COVID. sell off because and COVID of COVID. Happened. Yep. And then now there's supply chain issues where they can't get new cars back in the fleet. Nobody can even if and you want a new car. People are starting to go back on vacation, and there's no cars. There's no cars. So tourists so what do you do? have found a clever and amusing workaround, renting U-Haul trucks instead. U-Haul marketing president Keli'o Alua says that U-Haul's Hawaii facilities are busier than they've been in years. I bet. Alua says that tourists are renting everything from pickup trucks to cargo vans and box trucks. People are basically taking anything they can get their hands on that's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper. Can than Seven hundred and twenty-two dollars. You took a jeep and you went on like some like adventure because yeah, you had you're yeah in the U-Haul
0: truck with the dually rear so tires driving you, down the beach.
1: choke. That is actually what's happening. So people are saying there are some really amusing scenes at all these tourists destinations, Popular going to any picture going to any popular Hawaii beach and there's just a sea of U-Haul trucks in the parking lot. That's
0: good for them. I guess that's about (laughs) as good a marketing as you could possibly get because nobody's moving to Hawaii because nobody would ever do that. Jake, (laughs) nobody would ever move (laughs) to Hawaii because it's just a volcano and you don't want (laughs) to live there and then you're stuck on an island. It's lame. Nobody would do it. Thank you, Chris. Okay, thank you for reinforcing that. Do you want a Ferrari 250 GT short wheelbase? Yes, how badly do you want one? I can't pay for it, but you sure. want one. Everybody yes. wants one. Uh, GTO Engineering, an expert restorer of classic Ferraris oh. based in the United Kingdom, recently tested the waters with its own sports car matching the styling and mechanicals of some of the classic Ferraris, specifically the 250 GT SWB, and the 250 Testarossa.
1: Didn't we talk about this earlier where basically they can't do that as their own turnkey car? They can make a kit car and sell it. But if you try to reproduce an old design like that, it gets into patent infringement and Ferrari will sue you. I think this was kind of
0: hashed out. That must be why this new one. So this new car is, um, it looks like a Ferrari GTO. Right. It's like a million dollars. Right. Um, It's part of the revival series. Is it only
1: a single million dollars?
0: Uh, it's it's deep. It's it's well into the seven figures. Okay, it's well into the seven figures. And uh, pretty because big,
1: a real GTO short wheelbase goes for like fifty million.
0: Yeah, this thing is uh, it's built from the ground up using a custom tubular steel chassis, aluminum subframes. It's got a V twelve with over three hundred horsepower. And I look at that and go, that's it. V twelve with three hundred horsepower. Surely, surely we can do better than
1: that. Um, here's the issue. Yes, though. a red nineteen sixty two Ferrari two fifty GTO sold for forty eight million. Uh, Most recently. Yeah. Previously
0: referred to as Project Moderna, GTO Engineering last week confirmed the car's official name as Squalo, the Italian <laughs> word for shark. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, just, just call it 251. Done. Now it doesn't have a stupid name. It's got a number instead. The company also released new photos of the car's final design, and no, they didn't they Why? did not release new this design. Oh, i know it where you're going a, it is a render I... it is a render and this is exactly like the video game world right where you hear yep. a game is coming out and you're like oh great and you see the trailer and what does it say right across the bottom of the screen not, not actual, actual gameplay actual gameplay yep this is exactly the same thing not actual gameplay not actual car <laughs> just make the car this is like this it's it's sort of like the cousin of this Automotive, commercial automotive photography okay. that's going around and it's horrible. Yeah. It's all done like in it's all CGI. It's CGI. Well, here's what they do Porsche does this all the time. They're okay. horrible at this. So is Volkswagen. Uh, it's very, I mean, I don't know, BMW does it too. Everybody does it. Okay. Porsche really guilty of this. They park the car uh-huh. on, on the road. And to get a rolling shot, you have to be driving, right? You right. have to be driving the car. So you can't necessarily getting, get a rolling shot from the Armco, right, where you're swooping around from the Armco side oh, on the opposite side of the car I looking see you in mean. at the road. So what they do is they park the car there. They take, like, 7,000 photos of it in different light. Right. And then they use what's called a Virtual Rig is yeah. the name of the software where you can draw vector lines of the motion that you want oh. to have occur. And then they click a button that says, render this crap. Yep. And then, boom, there you go. There's your 911 Targa that's super expensive and overpriced and away going you go. Around going around a Going around whatever it's going around. Yeah. And I look at it and I can tell just by looking at the wheels, I can tell just by looking at it, I'm like, that is fake. Yeah. That is fake. And a lot of people can't tell, but I can tell. And you guys can probably tell too if you start looking mm-hmm. and then you're going to go, oh, that's not real. Yep. And I just show me the real, show me real things. Just show me reality. Reality's not that bad.
1: <laughs> it's not authenticity. That bad.
0: Yes, exactly. Jake. I'm out of stories. You're out of stories. I got one more for okay, you. Okay. What's going on? You know that I like Guinness records. Okay. We, we've, we've talked yes. about Guinness records uh, here and there throughout the podcast. <laughs> okay. This one's great. An English professional, professional golfer broke a Guinness world record when uh-huh. he hit a ball uh-huh. 303 yards wow. into a car uh-huh. driven by a BMW touring car driver. What? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Marcus Armitrage, a golfer with the European Tour, visited Elvington Airfield, New York, with BMW touring car driver Paul Neal in an attempt to break the Guinness record for the farthest golf shot into a
1: moving car. <laughs> Which automatically you win because obviously this has never been done before. The distance beat was 273 oh, so it yards. Never been done before. <laughs> what Set the
0: by heck? golfer Jake Shepard and a former uh, and former Formula One driver David Coulthard in 2012. <laughs> The pair said it took multiple attempts, I including bet. one that broke the vehicle's windshield <laughs> before they successfully broke the record with a three hundred and three yard catch. The car is totaled and it's been put up for sale at an auction website for four dollars. Wait, what? No, it hasn't. Oh, okay. But I just imagine what this thing looks like. It looks no, it look, just looks like hail damage. It looks like a golf ball. Yes. Is is my guess of what it what it actually looks like. Um, <laughs> dimpled i get dimpled, it. dimpled for yep. sure so what
1: do we got going on on monday what's what's Monday? we have an awesome so it i'll tell you where the episode started out and then what it became okay. the episode started out as me posing a question why do some cars exhaust sound better than others right and it seems like a simple question we delve deep into basically the engineering as everything of what and, goes and it is into a complete it. rabbit hole right yeah. and then i talked to a the foremost expert i'm trying to think of the term Super
0: awesome professor, really smart guy that's 10 times smarter than Jake and Chris combined. He's a a professor from Oxford University, and he wrote a book called uh, Sense Hack.
1: Yes. So Professor Charles Spence is the world's expert in multi-sensory perception and experience Uh design. There it is. There it is. So he goes into how all of your senses and perceptions go into the design of a car and what that affects in your perception. What did you do to your arm? I burnt it. On what? My Harley. How? I was welding in short sleeves. Yeah, but how what did you do? So, okay. I you should always weld in full gear, right? But I Typically, went to yeah, just a I went to just tack something and I was wearing short sleeves cuz yeah. I didn't put on my jacket yet cuz oh, I'm just tacking it in position. Yeah. And then I went to reach over what I just tacked and grab yeah. something oh, Yeah, and I just completely scalded my arm on 1-inch yeah, tubing. Yeah, that doesn't look good at all. It's like yeah seared salmon it looks like so you but you do have the harleys all
0: welded up that it is the chassis yep. all done. I'm waiting
1: on one more little fabrication part for the seat mount and then i'm gonna basically take it apart paint it and reassembly then it's just legos sounds easy yeah especially if there's no
0: suspension in the rear exactly
1: just, just it's just easy bolts
0: it, bolt it right on on that news we will see you guys on monday take care